Welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, uh, Denver held serve again last night, so that series is now 3-2 to two in favor of Denver. And uh, heading back to Phoenix, the Lakers obviously played a night in San Francisco as they try to wrap up their series. Uh, I still anticipate Phoenix winning Game 6 and forcing a Game 7, as neither of these teams, I don't think, are so much better than the other that they would win a road game. But I'd, I'd love to be... Uh, no, I don't want to be proven wrong. I hope that's how it plays out, and the Lakers wrap up theirs in either 5 or 6 and, and get a, a couple extra days of rest. Um, so you have that, and then uh, eight, the votes came out for all defensive teams, and once again... We are sitting here wondering what the hell everybody is watching when it comes to Anthony Davis playing defense. I guess I'll start really quickly with, you know, some 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 thoughts on the game tonight between the Lakers and Warriors before we go to like big picture, non necessarily immediate basketball things. Uh, but the 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 Lakers tonight, I would be pretty surprised um, if if this was even like close and by close i mean you know five to seven points would 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 like really shock me um honestly i would <laughs> i obviously you you would love to win right you would love to win and wrap this thing up in five games but uh i think the lakers uh are are probably going to approach this much like they did the memphis game in game five where you know, you come out, you feel it out, and you see how, or I think it was game five. I think, yeah, it was probably game five. Um, where you feel it out, and you see what your chances might look like at maybe winning. And then, you know, maybe Golden State goes on a bit of a run, and maybe you try to have a counter run. And if not, then you really start to, you know, take your foot off the gas pedal and get guys as much rest as possible for what is essentially their game seven, right? Game six back in LA, just like it was against Memphis. Um, well, no, not really as it was against Memphis. I think the Lakers were going to win either in Game 6 or Game 7 against Memphis. But in this series, uh, yeah, you lose Game 6, and you go back to San Francisco, and, and Golden State has all that momentum, and, yeah, you, you never quite know. I would love to see, by the way, the Lakers try to just end this thing right now and, you know, basically... Like, Aaron, Aaron used the analogy of like, you know, taking care of the bad guy and, and putting like 73 bullets and cutting off the head and burying the body and, and all of those things and, and, and making sure that that, that bad guy, that, that villain, Mike Myers or whoever, uh, cannot come and, and, and <laughs> get you after you think that you're, you're safe. Um, and I get that and I, I really do. But I also think, though, like the, the one thing that the Lakers, I think, would really like to avoid here is having AD and LeBron play, you know, 40 plus minutes and lose only to hop on a flight and two days later play in a game that they uh, felt like they were more comfortable winning in the first place. Now, if the Lakers are just that close and they have an opportunity to win... I fully anticipate that the Lakers would try to win, but I I also think like this is one of those games where you walk into it and you're holding onto the rope, and as soon as it starts to slide, you don't necessarily want to give yourself a rope burn 
um, before a game that that you were more likely to win anyway. We'll see though. Like one thing we have really seen in the series is in insane amount of respect from both of these teams towards each other and LeBron I think more than anybody knows you give Golden State multiple opportunities to get something going to figure something out to maybe get to to turn the series around and you're you're really playing with fire Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see his approach specifically here Um, all series and really all playoffs he has mostly eased himself into the game, allowed other guys to get things going, uh, really kind of paced himself over the course of the game, and then if he absolutely needed to, really took care of business late. But uh, in this one, you know, maybe because of how much he has paced himself out through other games, maybe he looks at this as an opportunity to really kind of end this thing right here and now, um, end the Warriors dynasty potentially in San Francisco, and be the person to, to do so uh, in you know on that stage, I could maybe see it. The only the only outcome of this one that I don't necessarily see is is the Lakers winning in a blowout. But you know, even that, the vibes around the Golden State. I I know this is a really frustrating segment because I'm sitting here rambling. I get it. I I'm just talking myself through all of these circumstances and scenarios here. And, and just about any would make sense, right? Like the Lakers losing in a blowout, yeah, that makes sense. The final stand at home and, and all of that to extend the series from Golden State, I could see that. A close Golden State win, yeah, I could see that also. Um, them pulling out a win late at home. I could see the Lakers winning close uh, somehow and and just making like one too many one too many plays for Golden State and ending their season that way and hell like the Lakers showing up punching them in the mouth and uh, Jordan Poole getting flashbacks and immediately walking off the court uh, yeah I could I could maybe see that too so it, any number of things here any outcome here kind of makes some sense when you kind of look at it a little longer. I just think that the most likely scenario here, and I think Vegas, uh, um, you know, agrees, uh, probably running away, is Golden State winning fairly comfortably. The Lakers going back home and and trying to end the series there. In terms of approach and stuff like that, I, I do think that the Lakers are probably going to see something very similar to what we saw in uh, Game Four when Golden State knew that they couldn't go down 3-1. Obviously, Golden State probably wants to avoid going down 4-1. So expect a a heavy diet of Steph PNR. Expect uh, a lot of physicality defensively and not many calls. Expect, because of probably Steve Kerr's comments, expect a lot of illegal screens that don't get called. Like, there's just so much lining up here that I think favor uh, Golden State in a way that, like I said, the, the Lakers, there are some basketball things that they can do to maybe stay attached a little bit longer. You would like to make it so that, you know, Steph plays, you know, at least 30 hard minutes where he is handling the ball in all of those possessions and trying to defend and all of that stuff. Um, but the biggest thing here, I really think, and this is kind of crazy to say about a playoff game, but the biggest thing here, get out of there healthy, be be somewhat intelligent about your approach to this game, get back home and 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 rest up, 
and be ready to go because like the Warriors obviously are going to be super desperate in this game. But um, if they win a game six, they they know that a game seven back home probably means they can they can potentially flip that script and and beat LeBron in a series he led three one. So uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of of booby traps and and landmines that the the Lakers have to kind of traverse here. And I, I really cannot wait to see what their approach to this game is going to be. On legitimately, nothing whatsoever can surprise me here. You know what also unfortunately didn't exactly surprise me was the results of the uh all defense set, you know, first and second team voting. Uh Anthony Davis, we we you can look back at the defensive player of the year voting, did not receive any votes, I believe, for that. Normally when you see that, you know that nobody's gonna like keep him out of their ballot there and then also <laughs> put him somehow on one of their two uh, defensive teams. But still, like you look at the stuff that Anthony Davis is doing defensively in this series, and it's like, yeah, these awards are stupid. These, <laughs> these awards are really dumb. Uh, none of them make any sense. Uh, I'm looking here at the uh, at the results of the voting, and, and, you know, one, for some reason, they, they have Anthony Davis as a forward when... He played less than 1% of his minutes at forward this year. You look at the other players at that position, and, uh, you know, for some reason, like they have Jaron Jackson Jr. listed as a forward too. Um, <laughs> so you have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brooke Lopez as your uh, forward and center. Uh, okay, but but Jaron Jackson Jr. is the center. And then you have your second team where there are no centers on... Well, I guess you have a center in, in Bam Adebayo on your second team. I think AD is better than all three of those players, clearly. And and then you look at the other forward on the, the defensive second team. Draymond Green is your forward there. He plays center primarily. Um, and then the other forwards, Giannis, um, kind of that... that you know, hybrid between forward and center, obviously Davis, uh, like I talked about, um, Desmond Bain received a vote as a forward for all defensive second team. Like there are so many favors that go on here and the voting is so subjective. And frankly, as I've said all along, most people, especially voters, I think, especially older voters, really have no idea what they're looking at when it comes to defense and haven't really taken the steps to figure out what goes into that. I think a lot of times they look at like the best defensive teams in the league and they're like, well, we got to get as many of those guys out there on, on these uh, first and second all defense teams. And it, it makes some sense. But then you look at what AD was asked to do defensively throughout the year um, where, you know, he's starting at center and he's somehow keeping the Lakers defense afloat. And then at, at the deadline on, the Lakers turn their defense completely around. He's the anchor of that while the Lakers were playing without LeBron for like a month. And they had the best defense in the league. And yeah, there are disclaimers there. The Lakers were playing teams that were had already closed up shop for the season. And and there were other alternative, uh, alternative motives. Uh, ulterior. Ulterior mo motives. Uh, it's late. Um, but uh, yeah, I, for those teams that, that the Lakers are playing against and all that. And yeah, we can, we can point that and, 
you can poke holes in all holes in all of this stuff, but I still kind of keep coming back to Jaron Jackson Jr., def- defensive player of the year. AD played more minutes than him, cumul- uh, cumulative minutes over the course of the season. Uh, you have Brooke Lopez, and yeah, he had a great defensive season and, and all that stuff, but he's playing alongside Drew Holiday and Giannis Attentacompo. Like, uh, how, how much defense... Like, <laughs> can be played out there in that in that sense also quick shout out alex caruso gets a first team uh, defense uh not here and yeah kind of sucks to lose a legitimately and now you know basically objectively elite perimeter defender for for nothing um but yeah i you you look at you look at the way all this played out and i didn't think that ad was going to get on either of these teams like i said but I just think like when it comes to the Lakers, I, I really think people have a hard time uh, writing their unless it's LeBron. Um, I think people have a real hard time writing anybody else's name down for any of these awards for any number of you know perceptive reasons, right? Rob Polinka is not going to get uh, any respect from his peers because they think that LeBron is is pulling strings behind the scene to make life easier on him. Um, AD isn't going to get the respect that he probably deserves because, you know, he had, you have the, the Anthony data Davis stuff and you have, even in these playoffs, as he's been elite defensively, you had the narrative throughout the game on Monday, um, a, a game, by the way, that he dominated. Um, you had the narrative throughout that game that, yeah, this guy is a, in every other game uh, player. And, it's just it's kind of annoying it's kind of maddening and then you see these guys go out and get recognition as soon as they leave the lakers like caruso and uh other like younger players who went out and got like most improved player stuff and and all of that like it, it it's just you know whatever it doesn't matter and that's like the other that's the other part of this that i i, I really think is is the bigger kind of macro level takeaway that actually matters here is that it, there's a possibility, and, and it looks like Philly is going to beat Boston, thankfully. Um, so you are going to have the MVP in the conference finals at the very least. But if Boston somehow figures out a way to win games six and seven, the MVP, the coach of the year, executive of the year, um, I, th- I believe this, no, only the sixth man of the year um, will hit the t- uh, will be moving on to that round of the playoffs. Defensive player of the year, also out, most improved player, also out, um, yeah, it's just, you know, and then you look at these first and second defensive teams. Uh, I'm looking at Jaron Jackson Jr., Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley, and Alex Caruso. All of your all-defensive first teams have been eliminated already, let alone, like, get it, you know, fighting to get into the conference finals. You look at your all-defense second team, Derek White, he's still going. Draymond Green, he's still going. OG Ananobi, Dylan Brooks, Bam Adebayo is still going. So from your entire 10-man, you know, the best 10 defenders um, that that the league is, is going to recognize this year, three of those guys even have a chance at getting to the conference finals. And Draymond Green is probably going to be eliminated, and so is probably Derek White. Uh, so, yeah, I just, you know, you, you have an opportunity. You, you, you have... A scenario here where only Bam Adebayo, between the the league's ten 
best defenders here is going to be moving on into the into the postseason. And like we can say, yeah, it's a regular season award and all this stuff, but you want these awards to be handed to people who are active in the playoffs so the people who are watching these guys play potentially for you know the first time that they have all year will say like, oh, okay, this guy won an award. His team is is good because this guy won that award. That that award is representative of you know some kind of success going into the postseason. Um, that that kind of thing should kind of matter, and uh, it, it's just it really is is looking like with with how these teams look at the regular season, how these players look at the regular season. Yeah, sure, money can be earned by way of some of these awards or whatever, but also. In terms of legacy and all of that stuff, what really, really matters is staying healthy over the course of a stupid 82-game season and and getting into the playoffs, and, and that's where the realities of these players are actually written. So, yeah, I, I <laughs> again, not, not a surprise necessarily, but it was, it was, um, it's annoying because it wasn't a surprise that AD once again would get no recognition here this season when he was special over the course of the regular season. Yes, he missed time, but all of these guys, <laughs> most of these guys missed significant time. And, and, and even then, like the, the stuff that he was asked to do defensively on at the beginning of the season, a farce of a roster. And then later in the season, a team that was trying to learn how to play together on the fly without LeBron, and he turns he he anchors the best defense in the league during that time, and for him to only walk away with I think he got, uh, yeah he got nine second team votes, that's it, <laughs> that's it, uh yeah I you know I think I I I you know. I, it again points to these 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 awards being stupid and the entire process probably needing needing to be scrapped. As I said at the very start of the show, though, uh, I think the result that the Lakers kind of wanted they got last night with Denver beating Phoenix and now going back to Phoenix, where uh, the Suns are going to have to win to keep their season alive. I would probably anticipate they do just that. And the Lakers can maybe get an extra day or so of rest, depending on on or you know a day or few of rest, depending on when they close out the series. So um, again, I have no idea how tonight is going to play out. I I you know there there's a couple inclinations and stuff like that, but every time you come to some kind of conclusion on how tonight's game might play out, some other thought kind of crosses your mind and and, and it makes you rethink what you thought in the first place. So. Uh, we just kind of have to sit back, relax, and 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 watch this one. All the pressure in this game is on Golden State, and the Lakers can kind of approach this with the and and I think this is also part of why I think the Lakers wind up losing this one fairly handily. Is like every time the Lakers have had an opportunity to kind of take a deep breath, they have done that. And this one, it's so natural to do that here that I, I just can't anticipate the Lakers showing the kind of urgency it's going to take to beat an absolutely and thoroughly desperate Warriors team. But I'd love to be proven wrong. So we'll see how how tonight plays out. So until then, uh, when you hear from me and Raj post game, and then uh, the lowdown after that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one, everybody.